Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us on whatever Super Talk station you're tuned into today or, of course, online. Uh, glad to have you for another hour of Southern Miss Sports Talk opening segment. Sponsored today as every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Our good buddies uh, at Dickie's around the state of Mississippi serve great food seven days a week. You Here in Hattiesburg, you can dine in the facility now, or you can, of course, enjoy the uh, drive through or home delivery. But the food is always delicious, and we're always grateful to Dickie's Barbecue for their support of the Eagle Hour. All right, the professor, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, he'll be joining us later in the hour along with Kelly Sander. We're going to start out the uh, show today with an interview that was actually tipped off to me uh, by my longtime good friend, Regal Napier. He told me about John David Wicker, who is the athletic director at San Diego State University, the son of a former Hattiesburg doctor, Dr. Ralph Wicker, a man who was raised in Hattiesburg, worked at USM from 1999 to 2001 as the director of event and facility operations in the athletic department, is now the head of the athletic department at San Diego State. And, uh, John, we're real glad to have you on the show. Thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it, Bob and Luke. It's uh, it's exciting to talk to some folks back in the hometown of Hattiesburg. I have to tell you real quickly, my former business partner uh, lived in Coronado, California, uh, up until his passing. We made many trips out there. Uh, You live in what I think is the most beautiful part of the United States I've ever seen. It is. It's very nice. I think my my favorite part is I'm walking around right now. It's about 75. There's basically no humidity, and that's kind of what it's like year round. So it's there's definitely wow. something to be said for Southern California. That's the way you remember Hattiesburg, right? Always 70 and no humidity. <laughs> exactly. It's, when we made our quick trip back, to, I was at Georgia Tech uh, in 2015 and 2016, and I brought my wife, who grew up on the West Coast. Uh, the humidity was definitely, it, it, it's a change. So it was, it was nice to get back to San Diego and, uh, the, the nice weather year round with no humidity. Right. Well, look, we appreciate your time very much. Uh, many things we'd like to ask you about, but first I, I think because it's on everybody's mind, uh, and that is COVID-19 and how it is affecting college football. I saw this morning, uh, that the uh, traditional games, uh, marquee games played by uh, SWAC schools uh, have been canceled. Uh, the, the game between uh, Southern University and Grambling, uh, for example, in the Superdome, those games all canceled because of COVID-19. Uh, reading this morning where I think it was over a dozen players at Texas have now tested positive for the virus. What, what is the status of uh of college football this fall in your league, Mr. Wicker? Uh, well, we play in the Mountain West, and right now we're, we're planning for a football season. Um, the one thing that we've kind of 
reiterated with our coaches is, one, it's probably not going to be equitable. Some teams are going to get a little more practice. Some teams might not get as much. Uh, and there are going to be teams that probably won't play all of their games. So, But the goal is, is that, one, the health and safety of our student-athletes and our staff and the people that are, you know, you want to call it inside that bubble, is first and foremost – and we're going to put all the protocols in place that we can to play football. And, again, I'm not worried that we won't play football. I just don't know that we'll play a full, you know, be able to play a full 12-game season. If you know, I think you look at Arkansas State where the majority of their O-line uh, got diagnosed or, you know, their test came back positive for COVID-19. So if you were to have that happen the week of a game, you might not be able to play that game that week. So it's – it's going to be it's it's going to be a little uncertain as we move through, but I think there's definitely uh, people want to play football. And we want to play soccer and volleyball as well in the fall. Now we had this discussion earlier about how odd the season will be, and because of so many uncertainties, that it would be difficult, if not impossible, to judge the performance of a coach that may or may not be on the hot seat, but. Uh, w- hard to judge the performance under these circumstances. Will there be an asterisk this year beside every school's performance because of all the uncertainties? You can put an asterisk next to it based on the fact that everybody's going to be dealing with the same issues. Um, Again, basically it's going to be making the best of what is a very challenging situation and uh, you know, bringing our student-athletes back to campus and one they want to play. I mean, they want to practice. They want to be with their teammates. They want to play. So giving them that opportunity is, you know, important as well as uh, the educational aspect. It's continuing their, uh, their march towards graduation. Uh, that's important as well and making sure they've got all the resources. And we can do that better if our kids are back in San Diego or in Hattiesburg or wherever that may be. All right, Luke? Mr. Wicker, thanks so much for uh, for coming on today. You, you've been dealing like with everyone else uh, as a group of five conference. Um, I know specifically with San Diego State, uh, there's been uh, less enrollment, and you know people don't realize how much uh, you, we talk about the gap. You know, but when you're looking at a school like San Diego State or Southern Miss, uh, we rely heavily on student fees, and so when, when enrollment is down, it hurts all the way down, particularly the athletic budget also yeah we're we've been budgeting for i think a a 15 percent reduction in what our student fee number would be uh we're fortunate our television deal this year is going to generate you know assuming we can play all the games football and basketball we're going to generate an additional two million in football revenue i mean in television revenue so we've got some offsets to help us we're also looking at all the different types of cost reduction uh, from a conference-wide standpoint, from an internal standpoint. And, you know, we're, we're confident we're going to be able to make it work as we talk with our, you know, the institution. Our enrollment number uh, has been, you know, okay at this point. It's a little bit down, but we're still hopeful uh, that we'll end up being close to what we had anticipated. So maybe that number won't be as bad. Uh, you know, traditionally, San Diego State gets over, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 applications each year uh, for, you wow. know, five or 6,000 slots. So 
uh, we've, we've still got some opportunities. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to run a deficit this year, and we're working with the institution on how to cover that deficit, knowing that we're going to have to pay it back down the road. Big part about that revenue is ticket sales. You guys just actually rolled out uh, recently the uh, the ref- the refund policy in uh, you know the, the case that a season or a group of seasons would be canceled. and And I thought it was pretty interesting. It, it's been on you know just on the fly, man. It's, it's you have to react every single day. But you know th- how how long did it take to put together this this uh, ticket refund policy? Well, it, it's we've been working on it for a couple months. Um, and, you know, we had to have a refund policy with baseball and softball this past year because we canceled, you know, basically two-thirds of the season. I'm sure, you know, Southern Miss with their uh, their history and lineage in baseball probably had a very similar situation. So we took a lot of what we learned there uh, with how we handled that to roll out what we did, but we also wanted to, you know, make sure – we gave some flexibility for people to move forward if they wanted to, um, you know, or there's just an out and out refund or, you know, a lot of that money goes to pay for scholarships. So if someone wanted to make a, you know, roll it into a pure donation to the institution, they could do that as well. So what is the, uh, what is the feel out there? Are, are your guys back training now? Have you had any uh, COVID outbreak uh, on your football program? So we're actually, uh, we're doing testing uh, yesterday and today uh, for our first group of student athletes that uh, are back, have been in San Diego County uh, for more than 14 days. So they've kind of hit the quarantine number that we want. Uh, And we'll start voluntary workouts for those that pass the test uh, beginning Monday. So that's the first cohort that's coming back. Uh, we're bringing other students back into town. As they travel into town, they'll have to quarantine for probably seven days before we, uh, seven to ten days before we give them the test uh, to allow them to start. And our goal is that by July 7th, we'll have all of our football student athletes uh, back on campus. All right. Well, it sounds good. We really do appreciate your time today. Just so you'll know, you said it's 72 there today. Uh, we're expecting a high of 91, and it's very humid, if that uh, if that makes you homesick in any way, uh, Mr. Wigger. I, I, I do love and miss Hattiesburg very much, but I, I most certainly do not miss 91 with, you know, the real feel probably being over 100. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. Well, you enjoy those sunny days out there. There's never a cloud in the sky there much, is there? Uh, well, actually, we're in June gloom right now, so it's usually cloudy until about 10 or 11 in the morning, and then it burns off, and it's beautiful. <laughs> That's just terrible. So, so hard. I'm sorry. I, we're sorry you're having to deal with the, with this adversity in June like that, Mr. Wigger. It, it is hard. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Best of luck uh, to your school out there this year, and uh, we appreciate your time on the show. All right, guys, I appreciate it very much. Thank right, you, and John, go Aztecs. There we go. John David Wicker, everybody. Now the athletic director at San Diego State University, Hattiesburg guy, worked at USM, grew up, father, a well-known doctor here, now doing good on the West Coast. Patrick McGee's next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. I want to thank John David Wicker, athletic director at San Diego State University, former USM guy and Hattiesburg native, for joining us 
first segment of the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Uh, they got a great selection of Southern Miss apparel. As you know, I'm sure the fall stuff is uh, coming in any day. Lots of summer stuff there now. You can shop the store again. They're open on Hardy Street across from the campus. Or you can go to campusbookmart.net. I'm right. going there today. Are you? What are you buying? I got to get me a tag for, uh, you know, we hadn't talked oh, about this yet, but when we truck, do a remote yeah. down at Ramy Motors, because they have all my money now, right. I got to get me a good Southern Miss tag. Well, you Might can, even put Patrick McGee's face on it. You can find it down They do have Patrick McGee stuff down there. I think the bobblehead will be out. When is that, Patrick? September, the Patrick, the Professor bobblehead coming out? Well, that's news to me. All I know is I better get a cut off of that, because <laughs> that's the only way it's happening. Patrick McGee is fresh off vacation, but he is never too busy for the Eagle Hour. We're grateful to him for that. And, uh, Patrick, uh, before we came on the show, you told me there's a pretty highly recruited uh, man down in Biloxi, football player that has USM on his final list. Yeah, he uh, released a top eight in the last 24 hours. It's Elijah Sabatini, which so Miss was in on him fairly early. He may have been the first uh, major offer that he received. Uh, but he's down. He's uh, included on his list. Top eight. You got West Virginia, Louisville, uh, Kansas, and Indiana, and then Southern Miss. I think it's Army, Air Force, and then Memphis. And I think Southern Miss. You know, at this point, I, I think this is probably going to play out into the football season. But Southern Miss has a shot. They've offered him as both a receiver and a defensive back. And I think Elijah likes the idea of, of getting a chance to play receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that probably puts Southern Miss in the discussion. Well, I said it's. it's it's probably going to play out till September, I would think, before he makes a decision. And Florida State and Ole Miss and State and some other schools have been sniffing around. So, uh, but Southern Miss is in the picture for him at the moment. Uh, Army and Air Force, he must be a pretty smart kid. Good student, I'm gathering. Yeah, he's a really good kid. I've, I've dealt with him since he was a, a sophomore, and this will be his, be his senior year. And, and it was pretty obvious as a sophomore, he was one of the better players at Bluxy, which Blix, he's got a pretty talented program at the moment. Uh, yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, good size, 6'1", 195, 200. Uh, runs well, just really good with the ball in his hands. He's just a good kick returner. And really, he, he's one of those guys that could play like uh, uh, five or six different positions. Right. Luke? Um, before we get into the preseason uh, stuff announcement from the NCAA yesterday, I just wanted to make mention this since we were talking recruiting. Uh, Patrick, I'm sure you know Taylorsville quarterback Ty Keys, and, and he's been he started, I guess, since uh, he was a freshman at Taylorsville, played in a state championship game. I uh, didn't play when they when they lost to uh, to Scott County, but this is big news, guys. Ty Keys uh, from Taylorsville is number five uh, recruit in all of Mississippi. Has Southern Miss in his final group of schools, just just like you said with the Sabatini kid. That's big news. If somehow Southern Miss could land Ty Keys from Taylorsville High School, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable, Patrick. Yeah, and uh, you think about that, you know, there have been some good kids that have come through Taylorsville, and it's been a little while since Southern has hit on one of those guys. So uh, to, to be able to land a, a kid like Tyler Keys, I've never really seen him play, but all I've seen is like video clips and just kind of follow it here and there. Uh, he's a pretty accomplished guy. He's got a lot of big time offers. So if Southern Miss is in the picture for him, that's, that's good news for Southern Miss. And, and it, sometimes you get those quarterbacks where you just see a good fit at Southern Miss. And, and a system that works well for him. So uh, it will take a lot of hard work, but it's, you know, if you're in the picture for a kid uh, that big of a name in this part of the state, that's that's a big deal for the program. 
I like him already. He, he told uh, SI.com, quote, I don't have a good relationship with Ole Miss. Bring him to Hattiesburg. <laughs> I really like this kid uh, already. Um, Patrick, uh, coming out yesterday, the news that we've been waiting on uh, from the NCAA, the D1 Council, basically lays out what kind of the rumor was. It looks like about a six-week process for preseason. Here's the statement from the NCAA yesterday. Assuming a first game on September 5th, the model begins summer access activities July 13th and adds meetings and walkthroughs on July the 4th or July 24th I should say preseason practice begins August 7th so if i'm interpreting that properly you've basically got voluntary workouts until July 13th then they become mandatory then you got meetings and walkthroughs on the 24th and then normal practice on August 7th so it's letting uh, basically giving maybe two weeks of spring back, maybe a little more, but it looks like they're going to, you know, control it a little. But I mean, it's it's a one, it's a two sentence uh, statement, so I, there might be some flexibility there for coaches and, and programs. Yeah, and that's that's good for the Southern Miss staff and that offensive staff, especially uh, to get in and start working with these guys after having no spring. Well, those two weeks will, you know. They're probably going to try to cram in as much as they can just in those two weeks before they start camp in terms of uh, getting down the intricacies of the offense. Uh, you wonder if maybe Kubik at this point isn't maybe slightly altering his plan just to kind of uh, fit more what the guy's already used to. But I know he really wants to, to get the ball rolling and get that ground game rebuilt. So getting those two weeks before uh, camp, the start of camp, it's still, it's still a lot of cramming. Uh, it's going to be a lot of... Uh, uh, swimming heads there in those first uh, week or two of practice. Uh, you just, you know, it, but everybody's kind of under the same situation at this point. I think South Alabama is actually reporting a little later in Southern Miss uh, for voluntary workouts. So uh, that's really the only, uh, I guess, plus right now for Southern Miss is that most of their guys have been on campus already. But uh, it remains touch and go. You know, it, obviously everything seems uh, moving forward to, to playing football games on that first weekend. All right, Patrick. So last year, a lot of unhappiness with the way the football season ended. I'm going to ask you a question and put you on the spot here in June. Is Jay Hobson on the hot seat this year? Or, as we just asked uh, John David Wicker out at San Diego, is there an asterisk by this season because of all the uncertainty? So coaches that may or may not be on the hot seat, are they going to get basically a pass this year? I think, yeah, I think that very, that's a good point. I think there could be a pass. I think there was a, if you go back to the end of the college basketball season, there were some coaches that were given a pass. Everybody assumed we're going to uh, get let go. Uh, this year is going to be unique. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't see any major changes coming forward, uh, considering all the challenges for pretty much every coaching staff. And, you know, we always keep pointing to what Jay Hobson's salary is. It's $500,000. And uh, uh, it's, you know, uh, he, he's he's paid the, the least of anybody in the conference, and it's hard for me to see justifying. You know, uh, you know, say a bumpy season comes up, uh, maybe there's going to be some grumbling in here and there. But uh, it's 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 hard to really make a big decision when there's so many uncertainties financially for the athletic department as a whole. Uh, so I think it, when it comes down to finances, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to make a change, uh, no matter what happens this season. But COVID aside, what what in your view does Southern Miss football have to do to get out of this, I think it's fair to say, mediocre streak that it's been in for the last couple of years? It's, you know, win those big games when they count, you know, and, and maybe it comes down to 
a big win or two there in, in non-conference play that just gets momentum. We all remember the first game that Jay Hobson coached at Southern Miss uh, when they went up and beat a good Kentucky team. And you know, the, but that momentum didn't hang around very long. That ended up being six and six regular season, seven and six overall. Uh, it's you know, it's consistent play throughout the season, and uh, being able to overcome uh, uh, adversity. Uh, this team hasn't always been able to do that under Jay Hobson. Uh, you look back to that bowl game when they're up thirteen and zero, and uh, Demichael Harris goes down, and all of a sudden they can't do anything. So mm-hmm. it's. It's it's just being able to come overcome adversity during the course of the season and during the course of the game, be able to move a little bit quickly, quicker in terms of alterations and, and adjustments during the game. Do you see areas of the team you look to be improved? Well, I mean, they should uh, theoretically, you know, be better, you know, in the ground game. The offensive line, for the most part, is back aside from a doorback, and then you have you know some experience there at running back along with a. Uh, a good addition or two at running back that could, you know, bolster that group. Uh, I think, you know, that that's where they should be improved. Whether that happens remains to be seen because I think we've said the same thing the last two or three years that that group can't, you know, is only going to be better, but it just hasn't happened. So I think they should be better running the ball. I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be game changing, but you just have to do something or take the pressure off of Jack. Right. All right, Luke, last question to you. Um, Patrick, uh, biggest area on on the team that you feel confident about? Uh, of course, we all know uh, receivers lost some. Is is it? I mean, for the for once in uh, three years, is it offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's not really one area. It's really one position here or there. Because I mean, there is a significant amount coming back. And as long as that secondary plays up to its capabilities and they're able to fill that other cornerback spot, uh, that's, that's to me, that's the difference maker for this team. Because we all know Southern Miss, whenever it's winning games, it's generally about defense. Uh, or defense has got to play a big part of that. And they just didn't play up to what expectations a year ago. Uh, but to me, it all comes down to that secondary. And whether Rakeem Booth is healthy at linebacker, uh, it's, there, there's some key roles to fill there on defense. Uh, but it's it's no one single uh, position group, I would say. All right, Patrick, we appreciate you checking in with us right out of vacation. Hope you had a good one. And uh, we're going to look forward to having you back on the show uh, next Thursday. Where did you go? Can I ask you real quickly? Really, it went nowhere. Just kind of settled into my new apartment in downtown Ocean Springs. And that was that. That is a staycation, Patrick. That's what they call yeah, that, a staycation. That is a staycation. All right, we're glad you had a good time. We're glad you're back. We'll look forward to talking to you next Thursday. Patrick McGee, everybody, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, our go-to guy for sports information. We'll be right back. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Thursday, uh, third, what is this, third segment? Yeah, man. Third. My, my brain is gone, guys. Right. Third, yeah, three. 
one, two, three. Right. Third segment brought to us by Four Street Bar and Grill, located on Four Street in Hattiesburg, home of the eight ninety five lunch and all the Southern Miss memorabilia that you could ever want to see. It is there. Go see our friend Slade White and his crew at Four Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander, um, we had John David Wicker on, uh, originally from Hattiesburg, athletic director at uh, San Diego State University, 10-3 and last year. Would be nice to go to a place where the median temperature all year long is about 72 degrees. You pay for it, though. Man, that real estate in San Diego is... <laughs> You've been there, haven't you, Kelly? It's it's real high. Hey, by the, by the way, you were talking about 4th Street Bar and Grill. A funny story, I, I happened to be there last night, and um, uh, Clarence Weatherspoon was there. So we were talking a little, a little basketball, and um, Booty, one of the guys that works there, one of the bartenders, saw that Coach Witherspoon was there, and he said, hey, can I get a picture of you by, you know, some of the the Southern Miss memorabilia, which which they change out every once in a while because they have so much of it, you know. So he takes a picture of Clarence Weatherspoon doing the, you know, we're number one motion next to one of these photos. And you guys, I, I, I'm stunned. Some of these younger college kids come up to me and they go, No. So, yes, they go, so who is that guy? Is he, is he somebody, oh, is he like somebody special? <laughs> no. No, he, he he was never very good. He was just an overrated basketball player, right, Kelly? He won a Fortnite tournament a few years back. That's what you should have said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I'm telling you, I, I again, um, and and they were nice kids, you know, they're, they're college kids, but they had no idea who Clarence Weatherspoon was. It's amazing. Yeah, it really. <laughs> it's just amazing, isn't it? No again, sense I, of know, history at all, at all. But I, but I mean, I probably wouldn't know a picture of their favorite EDM artists either, you know. So I guess, in all fairness, but uh, but yeah, boy, it was a it was. So a can I ask moment. you a question? What is an EDM artist, Kelly? <laughs> so you don't even know what EDM stands for, Bob? No, I don't. What, what does that stand for? Electronic dance music. <laughs> you know, you you would probably know him as a DJ. Now, E-D- you're the guy. EDM music is that what that's you on say? your Spotify and Pandora stations, uh, Kelly? Yeah. I, I can see you. That's where that's E-D-M. where the disco ball comes in. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. EDM. And I know we didn't. I, I know we weren't going to talk about that today, but I just thought you guys would. That, you know, because obviously Coach Weatherspoon is a very imposing person, right? Right. right. And so they're going. Right, right. I, well, who is that guy, man? That, right. that guy's huge. <laughs> He's big. There ain't no doubt about yeah. that. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. All right, Kelly Sander. Uh, we talked to uh, John David Wicker out at San Diego State. He said something I thought was really interesting. He said they're planning to play football, but I got the impression, and Luke, you can tell me if you've heard it differently, he doesn't think a lot of teams are going to play complete schedules. He thinks teams are going to miss games because of COVID outbreaks on their team. He just seemed to think they were going to play, but it would be nothing like what we're used to seeing. Well, the first the first college football game officially was canceled yesterday. I mean, the game between Jackson State and Tennessee State. Right. Um, so you know that one has has gone away uh, because of this. So it certainly. I mean, it, that's one other possibility that that you certainly have to have to discuss. You know, the high schools now are, are talking about if if they do play in the fall, 
of dropping the, the non-district games and essentially playing the district games, which would make those the only ones that count, which means you could start the season in first uh, of October, you know, which, which would give things a little bit more time to, to settle down. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of options on the table, uh, but sooner rather than later, decisions are going to have to be made because plans have to be made. Schedules have to be made. If they're going to move baseball to the fall, then they've got to, you know, get those, those things squared away as far as well, the schedules go. You can't just call them two days and say, hey, how about a game Friday? You know? yeah. And we're rapidly so, moving toward the start of football season. Yeah, well, I mean, right now, if this had not been going on, we would be calling this. Well, I guess the College World Series would be right about now. Um, so, but yeah, very shortly after that, we, we certainly would be. So, anyway, I postscript you guys for that conversation last night. The Eagles, um, uh, you know, are in the running for Earl Smith, who, who was a dandy dozen out of Jackson, who's going to be the point guard at Pearl River this year. Uh, Pearl River got another uh, transfer from the transfer portal out of Georgia Southern, and he was out of the Memphis area, and I think Southern Miss is in, in the running for him, too. So, um, it looks like you know, basketball, they're, they're filling up those cupboards quickly. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. How many pretty- spots do they have on the basketball team? It just seems like every week we talk about some new additions to the basketball team. But these would these would be guys, Bob, for the following year. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, good. Well, he's yep. done a heck of a job recruiting. There's no question about that. Coach has, uh, has come in here. And, uh, we, you know, you were talking yesterday about, um, about Donnie Tindall. Right. Don't don't take this the wrong way, but but I see sim- his name only one time. Yeah. Only one time can you say that, and it was yesterday. But I see similarities in a sense between uh, Coach Ladner and Tyndall in the way in, in this sense, in the way Coach the new coach is embracing the community, you know, making himself available to shows like this and to anybody that wants to talk to him. And he's a promoter, Kelly. He's really promoting the basketball program, much like Donnie Tyndall did. And both of those guys, when you look at their where they where they came from, they had to do that. You know, I mean that's that's part of their pedigree. You know, they they went to schools where basketball programs were down, um, and and Coach Ladner had been at, in the Southland Conference at Southeastern Louisiana, where you know you had to get out and drum up support. Uh, they had to play a lot of money games, you know, just to meet the budget. So it's not anything that they're not used to. But what could something to watch next basketball season is we mentioned that Donnie Tyndall was hired at Chipola down in Florida, uh, when, the, when the preseason polls come out this year, there's a distinct possibility that two teams that will be in the top ten preseason will be Chipola and Pearl River. So wouldn't, hmm. wouldn't that be something if, it, uh, if, as it shook out, Pearl River and Chipola got to meet somewhere down the road and you'd have uh, you know, one of the guys that's already been in the NCAA and with a resume like Donnie Tyndall and then Chris Oney, who's going to be one of the most sought-after junior college coaches in the country. Uh, and quite a character, next. and quite a character. Yes, for sure. For sure. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> they're understanding, they're understanding that there's a lot of competition for the entertainment dollar, right? You know, and if their teams aren't entertaining to watch, and the bottom line is they want to win, but they want to entertain people as well. Yeah, you've brought that up before. That's something that MK Turk really understood. He was way ahead of his time in that respect in a lot of ways, Kelly. He knew that entertainment was probably as important as any aspect of the game. Yeah, so, so you know, people will say, well, if you're a disciplined basketball team, you'll take the layup when you can get it. 
not with MK Turf's team. If you can get the slam, <laughs> you know, do it. If you can lob it off the backboard and slam it, do that. Yeah. I've seen them down in the paint where you thought maybe they were going to have a, a layup, and they throw it back out for Casey uh, Fisher to shoot a three. <laughs> and, and some of those some of those power dunks underneath from Weatherspoon you thought was going to not only break the backboard but bring down Reed Green Coliseum. What? Yeah. Who? who what, Weatherspoon? But what, was he? <laughs> you'll have to. You'll have to. I, remember, uh, I was there one time in uh, the early '90s. I think Glenn Wisby actually did break the backboard. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, I, I think I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. the old kid. Uh, and I think Glenn passed. Did he not? Glenn Wisby passed away. He did. Kelly, yeah, just kind of, kind of, kind of put this vision in my head, if you will. You you brought up the electronic dance music. Is that something you're into? Is is that something that we we may see you on the floor from time to time? Oh well, I'm definitely into it, Bob. You know, me and some of the some of the top EDM artists like uh, Grizz and Dead Mouse and Diplo <laughs> and Marshmallow. We yeah, we all we all hang out together. Dead yeah. Mouse is that what you he, said? He yeah. has his ear to the ground so much. I mean, yeah, Dead Mouse is that what you said? Well, and, yeah, and Steve Dead Mouse is an EDM artist. As, uh, as is Steve, Steve Aoki and I have been known to hang out together up at the Indy 500 a time or two. You, so. Probably at the ATL, too, you hang out with some of those guys as well, am I correct? Yeah, and, and, and there's nothing better than, you know, than participating in EDM in the ATL. I actually, I actually just way. googled Dead Mouse. Okay, I just googled it. <sighs> the correct pronunciation was, is D E A D M A U five. Okay, so <laughs> I I didn't know what I was looking at. How to dispose of a dead mouse? How to find a dead mouse in the house? How to identify and get rid of dead mouse smell? Oh, by the way, the Wikipedia article: Dead Mouse with a five, <laughs> Canadian electronic music producer, <laughs> DJ, and musician. Only knows is he only knows you, Sander, could yeah, get us to this point. You thought I was kidding, didn't you? What was that again now, Kelly? It's it's nothing like what in the ATL? There's nothing like EDM in the ATL. Oh, I see. Okay. Boy, oh boy. I'm telling you, you are, you are just a renaissance man. Are you not, Santa? You got, Bob, you got to recreate yourself, man. You know, you're going to get left behind. You know, to <laughs> find out ways to re- reinvent yourself. Well, the but, next uh, time you're on the floor of making your moves, you be sure to let me and Luke know. We want to come see that face-to-face, right, Luke? You you can have that, Bob. I'll, uh, I'll go somewhere else. Cer- certainly you guys know what twerking is, I hope. No. Can we say that on the show, Kelly? What What is it? You don't, you really don't know what twerking is? We have to go to commercial, don't we? Yeah. Oh, we gotta I, th- I think we better go to commercial right now. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. We're going to commercial break. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back to the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour where we are not EDMing in the ATL, but we are SMTTT all the time. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sanner from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Toyota of Hattiesburg gives you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Go by and see them on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. A couple of uh, awards for us uh, to uh, mention. Southern Miss Golf. Two Southern Miss golfers earn all-conference USA, all-freshman team, Robbie Ladder. Uh, both of these uh, international flavor guys, Robbie Ladder's from Ontario, and then Pat Redayanyan from Bangkok, Thailand. Both got uh, all-conference uh, freshman team honors. It's great to have international flavor. And then on the uh, the women's side, uh, sophomore women's golfer uh, friend Champa Dakia is uh, all-conference USA third team. So, man, we, we always want to cover all the sports at Southern Miss, and it's great when anybody in the black and gold gets all-conference. So mm-hmm. I like to see those three golfers doing that also. Kelly, um, we, we talked to Patrick McGee about this earlier, but news broke yesterday afternoon. The D1 council from the NCAA uh, assuming they say a first game on September 5th, which is that's when the Eagles would play South Alabama, the model for uh, the preseason begins summer access activities start July 13th, then meetings and walkthroughs are added on July 24th, preseason practice begins August 7th. So it is about a six, six-and-a-half-week model uh, leading up to football season. Your thoughts on that? Well, Luke, and you you can educate me and the rest of our listeners as to how this is drastically different than before. Because as I remember covering Southern Miss football back in the day, they'd start practicing about August 7th, you know, and start playing that first weekend in September. So how is this drastically different, if at all? Well, I mean, we would just be doing conditioning workouts. We'd be doing running and, and weightlifting. And uh, what, what this does, uh, two weeks before, or about 10, 12 days before, you can have meetings and walkthroughs. So that, that's where the, the extra part, is, where the, the nuance comes in. Uh, summer ac- access activities, July 13th, that's, just what, that's what we would have as soon as we came back for the summer. And th- so that's where technically like voluntary workouts end. So July 24th, you can basically meet and do walkthroughs. And, and I guess the thought about that is what you missed in the spring, you can then take place. Uh, it, you can have it there. So July 24th is a Friday. It's exactly 14 days before August the 7th. So what they're doing is they're giving you two extra weeks from the spring. And, Kelly, one thing I said uh, uh, with Patrick McGee, it's a, a two-sentence statement. There is a lot of flexibility there for coaches and programs to fill in the details. But somebody's going to have to ultimately make a decision as to whether we're going to play football or whether we're not. And if we are going to play football, what's it going to look like? I mean, otherwise you're just you're just chasing ghosts here, um, and and I don't you know it's okay to go there and, and throw out dates, but what does it matter if we're not going to play? Right. I mean, you know, I th- don't you think they're saying we're going to play when they release a schedule like that? No, I don't. I, I just I mean I think they have to in case they decide to play. 
It does but say I mean, assuming. That's what it said. Assuming yeah. a first game. So here, here's the other question that they didn't clarify. What about the week zero games where you've got Marshall, East Carolina, where you've got um, Navy and Notre Dame? Are they going to get you know an extra week before that? Or that's uh, just one of the things you've got. What five or six week zero games? So yeah, you bring up a great point with there. And 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 with the you know with the game with uh, Jackson State and Tennessee State being being. being uh, you know, canceled yesterday, that's going to start raising some eyebrows, too, and people are going to go, well, you know, we've always talked about when when the first decision is made, it makes it easier for the second and third decision to be the same way. You know, so I'm I'm just, golly, I, but you know, I'm Mr. Doom and Gloom, as, <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as you guys know. Um, so I, I think they have to put those rules out just in case, but I, but I think privately, if, you know, if we could have a hidden mic in there. They'd just be they'd be seeing the same things we're taking, uh, we're seeing, and, and now we're, as these some of these states like South Carolina and Florida have opened up, you know, gone back to business. Now we're seeing spikes again and uh, new infections with COVID nineteen. So um, right, so <clears throat> negative. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know I am. I, I and I hate to be that way, but um, but you're just being realistic. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, and again, I, I hope we're all Bob, wrong. Bob, serious question. Serious question. You know how Kelly always says that he is doom and gloom? Right. Can we call him DNG now? That's what we should. The infamous DNG, DNG. with the EDM, DNG, occasionally yeah. in the ATL, right. but always SMTTT. Yes, who hangs in the ATL. But, but if you guys are going to call me that, it's going to have to be big DNG. <laughs> Without question, without question, and we're gonna get a photo of you. I was in gonna that go fairly large. That That's what I was gonna say. You still have that tinfoil suit, Kelly? Maybe we could get like a publicity photo of you in that. Hey, I want you to know that some of the pants that I wore in high school, I can still wear today. Now I have to wear them a lot lower. <laughs> <laughs> the a big one lower, <laughs> down around the knees. Right. (laughs) All right, that wraps it up for today. We'll remind you about D-Bat and D-1, great training facilities for baseball, softball, and all sorts of sports. They're located on Hardy Street in the old Getty's Pizza Building. Check them out today if you've got a child that you want to be their very best in athletics. They can help them accomplish that at D-Bat and D-1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. That wraps us up for the day. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss... A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.